You are listening to the sermon stream of the Mulvane Church of Christ in Mulvane, Kansas. Subscribe in your favorite podcatching app or find and listen to any sermon online at mulvanechurch.com sermons. Tonight our reading is from 1 Thessalonians 4. 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 1 to 8. Let's read the entirety of that paragraph. I think we'll make comment on the first half. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 1. Finally then, brethren, we request and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us instruction as how you ought to walk, and please God, just as you actually do, that you may excel still more. For you know what commandments we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in lustful passion like the Gentiles who do not know God, and that no man transgress and defraud his brother in the matter, because the Lord is the avenger of all these things. Just as we also told you before and solemnly warned you, for God has not called us for the purpose of impurity, but unto sanctification. Consequently, he who rejects this is not rejecting man, but the God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. And so rejecting this teaching is to reject God, rejecting even the one who gave you the Spirit, going contrary to the Spirit who was given to you as a gift. And so Paul is talking about one of the most common sins of the ancient pagan world. He's talking about sexual impurity. He's talking about sexual impurities in just about any way you might think of them. Uh, He says that we're going to abstain from fornication. Uh, That's the Greek word pornea. It's the broadest of all words that deal with sexual sin. It's inclusive of adultery. It's inclusive of uh, premarital sex. Uh, So extramarital, premarital are both in there, Uh, plus a number of other particular uh, types of sexual sins uh, for which we have uh, clinical titles uh, and to have have uh, vivid descriptions of which we were if we were to go through all of them uh, we might set some tender ears to burning and we might provide embarrassment for us all we won't do that except to say that pornea ends up being the actions the mindsets the lusts Uh, in all that go with just about everything that's not between a man and his wife. And so Paul says, we are requesting, verse 1, and we're exhorting. So we double up here on our vocabulary, and we do that for emphasis. I'm not just asking you, I'm exhorting. The King James will throw here the, the nice old word beseech. And so I'm giving you a solemn exhortation. It's in the Lord Jesus. It's by the instructions that you got from us apostles and those who brought that message to you. How you ought to walk and please God. So 
So again, we have the doubling up, how you ought to walk and how you ought to please God. We note there the, the moral ought, right? The, the, the moral obligation. There's a moral obligation in pleasing God. And now, as he's telling you, um, I'm, I'm not talking to most of you. Most of you, I'm giving you the refresher course. He says, just as you also do walk, but I want you to excel more. And so, for those of you who are doing well, keep doing well, do better. And be an example to others. And, and do your best to, as Paul would tell the Corinthians, flee this sin. Uh, stay away from it. But obviously, there are some of them at this church violating this basic teaching, as we see in the second half of the reading, when he talks about people harming and defrauding a brother in these matters. There are people in the church at Thessalonica, some of whom are in violation of this command, uh, the, this request, this this moral obligation. And we think about there then, uh, for, for many... Uh, sexual indiscretions, sexual piccadillos, sexual sins, that those are considered by some to be the highest possible trails you could have uh, of the Lord and of, of uh, 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 be, the, be the worst sins that one could commit. But he's been talking to a group of brethren who are suffering persecution for the faith and people who are spreading the gospel uh, and, and are uh, examples to... Brethren all over the region for their faithful proclamation and their steadfast fidelity in, in spite of persecution. But at the same time, some of them are also sexually immoral. And this is the great um, contradiction that we see within the lives of people, that we see within even the lives of disciples, that there are some areas so praiseworthy and wonderful and excelling, uh, to use Paul's word here, they're excelling in some things, and yet, in other ways, not meeting their obligations in others. And uh, we just want to note in this, one, the wrongness of that. It shouldn't be that way. Uh, but also, at times, the commonness of that, that uh, people are doing wrong things, not, not as they ought, not excelling. Uh, now, they're, what they are is they're called to repentance and they're called to sanctification. Uh, they're not immediately called to be cast out. Uh, sometimes people think, I can't ever admit I did a sin or I can't admit I did wrong. They'll, they'll want to disown me and throw me out. And that's not the approach here that Paul brings up. Uh, there is eventually going to be some removing of those who walk disorderly part in Paul's writing to the Thessalonians, but it won't be in this letter. In this letter, it's a warning, and then after some months when the second letter gets there, then that warning gone unheeded after a time to repent, then that comes. So it's not immediate. And so we recognize the commonality of failings, and we see how some of these brethren doing so well in so many areas have a problem here. But this is a matter that the Lord spoke of. You know the commandment which we gave to you by the authority of the Lord. So by the Lord's authority, we did command you that God wants you to live a holy life. Verse 3, for this is the will of God, your sanctification. So we're going to have holiness come up here several times. The idea of holiness, the idea of being fit for God's service, uh, the idea of being 
vessels that are consecrated and purified and thus useful in all respects for the Lord, that is tainted by, that is, that is disrupted by fornication, sexual immorality. This is the will of God for you. It's your sanctification. In this case, particularly, abstain from this sin. Again, such a common sin in the ancient world. Uh, we think about the ancient world where uh, things like chastity and things like modesty were barely virtues at all. And when they were virtues, they were usually virtues for a limited class of people. They, they were virtues for noble women who wanted to have uh, uh, the ability to, to marry and uh, bear offspring in noble houses. Those people need to be chaste and, and modest, and those people need to be, be faithful. Uh, some of the uh, Vestal Virgins and other uh, ones in uh, various pagan rituals would keep themselves both ceremonially and physically as pure as possible so that they might be more effective and receive various honors in various pagan rites. But in most pagan religion, the opposite things, uh, various vices, as Christians would define them, were held out to be virtues. And so it was a great sea change when everyone, the men and the women, uh, the servants, uh, as well as the nobility, when all were asked, to abstain from every kind of sexual immorality. That everyone, as sanctified of God, verse 4, might know how to possess their own vessel in sanctification and in honor. So everybody should be an honorable vessel. Everybody should be, verse 5, not in lustful passion like the Gentiles who don't know God. Everybody, every Christian who's been sanctified and redeemed is to be a person of sanctification and honor in the use of themselves in all respects. And so these are virtues for every Christian. And again, what a sea change from the Gentile world. And even uh, among many of the Jews, uh, the, the idea that the, the, you know, chastity and fidelity were uh, particular responsibilities for the women uh, so that the uh, you know, the, the parentage of their children might be well established. But for the men, eh, not so much, uh, even in Jewish society. And we see those uh, stories all through the Old Testament, don't we? With men fathering children uh, by uh, many women in marriage or uh, because of multiple marriage or uh, fathering children outside of marriage, even in the Jewish story. So for everybody now, in the command of the Lord, God wants all of you to abstain from immorality. God wants all of you to be a vessel of sanctification and in honor. That's the time when we actually have more to say about the conclusion of this reading. We'll do that, Lord, really next week. But for now, the high calling in Jesus Christ that is for all and by the apostles passing on the command of the Lord that we all every one of us, without exception, learn how to possess ourselves in sanctification and honor and not in lust.
Thank you for listening to this sermon from the Mulvane Church of Christ. Additional sermons and information available at mulvanechurch.com. Come see what a difference the Bible way makes.